Variable Speed Shaft by Apple Seeds Read by Literarian Summary Wind turbine maintenance engineer Crowley has been asked to show Aziraphale from the business investment team around the company's newest, biggest wind turbine. Unfortunately for Aziraphale, he is rather infatuated with the handsome engineer and gets progressively more flustered the longer they spend together in the confined space inside the turbine. Hello Aziraphale, Crowley drawled, nudging the door of his van closed with his hip. Aziraphale was waiting patiently for him beside his own car, the huge 8-megawatt wind turbine looming over him. When B said they needed me to show someone around today, I didn't think it would be you. I thought you were upstairs leading expert on wind turbines. Well, yes, I suppose I am, but I don't have any experience with one as big as this. You don't say, <laughs> Crowley chuckled. It's the biggest we've got. Nice long shaft. Aziraphale furrowed his brow. He got the impression that Crowley was making a joke of some kind. He did have a tendency to do that. Most of the engineers didn't seem to like jokes, especially Haster, Although who could blame them, really, working for someone like B? Not that Aziraphale's boss, Gabriel, the manager of the business investment team, was any better. Gabriel advocated the hard sell, not seeming to realize that a wind turbine was hardly something that could be considered an impulse purchase, even for the largest corporations. Aside from Eric, the apprentice engineer who was infamous in the company for telling jokes that on the surface seemed funny but no one actually understood, Crowley was the only one who had a sense of humor. Aziraphale didn't understand many of Crowley's jokes either, but he did so enjoy it when Crowley told them, his heart fluttering as Crowley grinned at him impishly. I've only seen one of these in separate parts in the warehouse. Aziraphale craned his neck and gazed upwards towards the blades of the turbine. It is rather more impressive to see it erect. Crowley grinned and raised his eyebrows, sauntering towards the turbine. I heard you fell in one of these. I do hope you weren't too badly injured. I hadn't quite imagined it being such a considerable drop. I was fine. I didn't really fall, Crowley protested. Anyway, don't worry. It's completely safe, I promise. The tower is broken up by platforms and I'll be putting a harness on you to tether you to the ladder. Oh, good. I'm glad you're all right. Aziraphale managed to say although he was rather distracted by the comment about the harness. Shall we? Aziraphale gestured to the door at the base of the tower, which Crowley unlocked before squeezing his bunch of keys back into the pocket of his ridiculous.
ridiculously tight jeans. Aziraphale gestured for Crowley to enter ahead of him and then followed him into the interior of the tower, his eyes drifting down for a second before he realized what he was doing and regained control of himself. Crowley pulled off his sunglasses and left them on the top of the metal boxes affixed to the wall. The illumination in the tower was rather limited, but Aziraphale was glad of it. It was always a privilege to see Crowley's eyes not covered by those dark lenses. Crowley unhooked one of the harnesses from a peg on the wall and stepped up close to Aziraphale, encouraging him to put his arms through the straps. Crowley's fingers brushed against Aziraphale's chest and stomach as he adjusted the straps and clasped the harness at the front. Aziraphale tensed, trying to suppress the urge to lean in closer, his skin tingling as Crowley's fingertips skimmed over his clothes. He dipped his head and followed the movements of Crowley's hands over the harness, but this unfortunately drew his attention to the way his chest was rising and falling rapidly beneath it. Hopefully Crowley wouldn't notice, but he was being exceptionally thorough and it warmed Aziraphale's heart to know that Crowley was so concerned for his safety. Once Crowley was satisfied that Aziraphale's harness was secure, he headed back over to the wall to fetch a harness for himself, and Aziraphale took a moment to catch his breath. He had told himself, had been telling himself for months, in fact, that his infatuation with the devilishly handsome engineer was a problem. They worked in separate teams, Aziraphale up in the fancy top-floor business investment office, working to get businesses to purchase their renewable energy solutions for their premises and invest in their latest developments, while Crowley's office was in the basement with the other engineers. Their paths didn't cross too frequently in the course of their actual work, although they had shared many lunches together in the staff canteen when they had found themselves there at the same time, although this was never by prior arrangement. Aziraphale was well aware of the way his eyes lit up whenever Crowley approached his table in the canteen, and he could only hope that Crowley never read too much into it. Crowley fastened his own harness and tilted his chin towards the ladder. Do you want to go first? After you, my dear. That way, if you do fall, I'll be able to catch you. Cheeky bastard, Crowley muttered, the corners of his lips tugging into a smirk. You might change your mind when I end up on top of you. I doubt that. Besides, I'm stronger than I look, you know. Crowley raised an eyebrow and looked him up and down, and Aziraphale was once again grateful for the low illumination, hoping the flush he could feel developing on his cheeks wouldn't be discernible to Crowley. Crowley attached his harness to the red steel rope running along the front of the ladder and then began to climb. 
Aziraphale gazed up at him and couldn't help but appreciate the view he would be enjoying from this angle as they ascended the tower. They quickly made it to the first platform and Crowley unhooked himself from the rope and stepped away to give Aziraphale space to join him on the platform. As Aziraphale reached the top rung of the ladder, Crowley offered his hand to help him up and although Aziraphale really didn't need any assistance, he appreciated the gesture and relished the opportunity to take Crowley's hand. Crowley wrapped his long fingers around Aziraphale's hand and clasped it tightly, drawing him up onto the platform. When he let go, Aziraphale's skin was still tingling with the memory of Crowley's touch. The two of them crossed the platform and Crowley gestured to the second ladder. You go first this time, it's only fair. That way I can catch you if you fall. I'm stronger than I look too, you know. Oh, I don't doubt it, climbing up and down these things all day. Crowley winked and nodded towards the rope. Aziraphale's stomach flopped over and he swallowed hard. He could feel the exaggerated rise and fall of his shoulders with each breath and he hoped it wasn't too noticeable. Not scared of heights, are you? Crowley asked. Aziraphale blinked and stared at him with parted lips. Apparently, he was doing a pretty poor job of concealing his physiological responses from Crowley after all. Well, at least Crowley had jumped to the conclusion that he was frightened rather than anything else. I'm all right. Like I said, I've never been inside one of these before. You haven't been inside anything so tall. Right. Don't worry, you'll be fine, I promise, Crowley said softly, touching Aziraphale gently on the arm. Aziraphale's knees threatened to buckle beneath him, so he gave Crowley a small, grateful smile and hurriedly clipped his harness to the steel rope to begin his ascent. You're doing great! Crowley called after him when he was perhaps a third of the way up the ladder and Aziraphale closed his eyes and bit down on his bottom lip. It was somehow easier to handle when Crowley was teasing him than when he was, not that he would admit this to many people, being nice. When he reached the next platform, Aziraphale clambered up onto it a little inelegantly, making sure to get up onto his feet before Crowley caught up with him. It seemed only fair that this time he held his own hand out to help Crowley, and Crowley grinned as he took hold of it and allowed Aziraphale to pull him up. You are stronger than you look. Crowley observed approvingly, and the space inside the wind turbine started to feel a lot more constricted on account of more than just the narrowing of the tower as they approached the top. 
Aziraphale tugged gently on one of the straps of his harness and looked down at the platform. Well then, you can go first again for the last ladder. Hmm, yeah, all right. If I didn't know better, I'd think you just wanted an excuse to ogle my ass. Crowley! Aziraphale's eyes widened and Crowley smirked at him. That's completely... That's hardly... I... How could you even suggest such a thing? Aziraphale spluttered. Well, I was joking, but now methinks he doth protest too much. Crowley teased. Crowley, that's... I... Crowley tilted his head and jutted out his bottom lip, and Aziraphale became uncomfortably aware of the fierce pounding of his heart in his chest. He dipped his head and once again addressed the wooden slats of the platform. I'm sorry. Crowley approached and very gently tilted Aziraphale's chin up with the back of his index finger, making Aziraphale shiver. It's okay, Aziraphale. I'm sorry. I was only teasing. I'm really sorry. Aziraphale's heart clenched. He didn't want Crowley to feel like he couldn't have fun with him. He just clearly had no idea how accurate his observation had been. Please don't apologize. I was just afraid I'd done something to make you feel uncomfortable. Crowley scrunched his face up and shook his head. Course not. And for the record, you're quite welcome to ogle my ass if you really want to. He chuckled. Oh, thank you. Aziraphale replied sincerely, and Crowley burst out laughing then, gripping onto one of the rungs of the ladder for support. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad they sent you and not one of those stuck-up kids you work with. You're the only one with a sense of humor. Oh, so Crowley thought he was joking. Well, that was probably for the best. Although, did that mean that Crowley had been joking too? Was Aziraphale welcome to ogle his ass or not? I mean, technically, Crowley had said, Come on, let's keep going. We're nearly there now. Crowley attached his harness to the rope and ascended the final ladder. Aziraphale followed behind, pointedly staring straight through the rungs of the ladder rather than looking upwards towards Crowley, so much so that when he reached the top of the ladder... It came as a surprise. Crowley smiled as he held his hand out to help him, and Aziraphale took it, but made sure to release it as soon as he was steady on the floor of the nacelle at the top of the turbine. He tried to put their awkward conversation out of his mind. He really needed to concentrate. Right then, let me give you the tour. Aziraphale pulled his notebook out of his pocket 
and followed Crowley around the nacelle as he talked through the state-of-the-art electronics that controlled the generator and the orientation of the blades. Apparently, this design was much better able to deal with fluctuating wind speeds and could cope with greater torque, giving it a higher cutout speed and greater energy-generating potential. That was what Aziraphale would need to try to persuade their potential clients, given that this model was much more expensive than the standard horizontal axis turbine. Aziraphale wrote down as much as he could and drew a few quick sketches of the layout of the nacelle as Crowley talked. In case you get someone who knows what they're talking about, instead of just pretending to, there are some energy losses with the conversion from AC to DC and back again with this design, but the advantages of the variable rotation speed of the gears more than make up for it in terms of energy generation. Much better as an internationally marketable product, too. It can be programmed to work with national grids operating at different frequencies instead of just your standard 50 Hz UK model. Aziraphale watched Crowley talking about the turbine with rapt attention. Their conversations over lunch had wandered off into all sorts of strange directions before, and no matter how random the topic of the day was, Aziraphale always thoroughly enjoyed their discussions. But to listen to Crowley talk about the turbine was something else. He was extraordinarily knowledgeable and highly skilled in his work. Aziraphale discreetly leaned back against one of the panels concealing the electronics, needing something to help hold him upright. Why did Crowley have to be so handsome and funny and intelligent and just perfect? Aziraphale tried to focus on what he was saying, scribbling down a few more words in his notebook, mostly just for show, rather than letting himself focus on the section of Crowley's hair that was flopping enticingly over his forehead. Who could argue with that, though? Crowley asked, breaking Aziraphale out of his reverie. I'm sorry? Who wouldn't want a nice, sturdy, variable speed shaft? Right, yes, of course, obviously. Aziraphale wrote variable speed shaft in his notebook, then glanced up to see Crowley loosely wrap his hand around said shaft and stroke up and down a short section of it a few times. The image that conjured in Aziraphale's mind was not helpful at all, so he focused again on his notebook. Oh, I should show you the lubrication system, Crowley announced enthusiastically. Aziraphale smiled and nodded, tucking his pen into his notebook and following Crowley to the corner of the nacelle. Right. One thing to be aware of, a model like this, you do need a hell of a lot of lubricant. Because it's so big, 
Aziraphale contributed, trying to demonstrate some understanding. He knew his team had a reputation with the engineers for not really understanding the products they were trying to sell. Crowley pointed a finger at him and grinned, and Aziraphale felt rather proud. Exactly. We're not going to get very far without a well-lubricated shaft, are we? No, I imagine not. Aziraphale wrote, needs a large quantity of lubricant, in his notebook. One advantage of these bigger turbines from a maintenance perspective is you've got a lot more space if you need to do any work in the nose of the nacelle. Come on, I'll show you. Crowley walked over to the other end of the nacelle, where the rotor and blades were attached, and bent over to crawl into the small adjoining section. Oh, good lord! Aziraphale averted his gaze and waited until Crowley was safely nestled inside the compartment before crawling through to join him. There wasn't much space in there at all, and as they crouched down inside, their legs were pressed up against each other. Aziraphale was feeling very hot all of a sudden. It's a bit cramped. Not compared to the other ones. The fact you can get two engineers in here is a bonus. Crowley shifted a little, his thigh pressing more firmly against Aziraphale's. Aziraphale's breath caught and his cheeks felt like they were on fire. He swallowed nervously. Are you all right? Crowley asked softly. I do believe I'm starting to feel a little claustrophobic. Right, okay, yeah. Let's get out. Crowley nodded towards the hatch, encouraging Aziraphale to go ahead of him, which he was grateful for. Watching Crowley crawling again wouldn't have done him any good at all. Once safely back in the main compartment of the nacelle, Aziraphale straightened up and brushed himself down, adjusting his bow tie and fiddling with the straps of the harness. Feeling better? Crowley asked when he joined him. Much, thank you. Sorry about that. Nah, it's all right. Sorry, I forget not everyone's used to being stuck inside these things for hours on end. Well, is there anything else you needed to see before we head back down? Aziraphale pulled his notebook back out of his pocket and referred to the list of questions he had prepared. Crowley had answered all of them already and given him much more information besides. No, I do believe that was everything. Thank you very much for taking the time to show me around. No problem at all, angel. Aziraphale huffed to conceal the rush of pleasure he experienced at Crowley's use of that endearment. You shouldn't call me that. I really didn't do anything special. 
It had started as a simple comment one day. Crowley saying, Thanks, you're an angel. When Aziraphale had covered for him, when Crowley had forgotten he was due to attend an important meeting with a prospective client. Aziraphale had appreciated Crowley's gratitude. Subduing Gabriel's wrath was never easy, but he hadn't anticipated that the nickname would stick. If Crowley knew the effect it had on him, he certainly wouldn't use it then, Aziraphale thought sadly. Yes, you did. You know that if it had been any of my lot, they'd have just let Gabriel have my neck. Anyway, it's not just that. You're the only decent person in the whole company. You must see that, right? What about you? Aziraphale asked quietly. Crowley scrunched up his nose and shook his head. But you're always nice to me, Aziraphale objected. Well, yeah, maybe, but that's you, isn't it? Like I said, you're different. We're friends, right? Yes, of course we are. Crowley gave him a beaming smile in response and warmth bloomed in Aziraphale's chest. So, down we go. Want me above or below you this time? Why don't you go first, but we can take it in turns. Works for me. Crowley lowered himself onto the ladder and clipped his harness to the rope. At least with the descent, there would be no hand-holding for Aziraphale to have to try to cope with. His time in a confined space with Crowley was nearly over and Crowley had just said they were friends and that was lovely and Aziraphale just needed to find a way to get over this ridiculous infatuation and everything would be fine. Once they got to the bottom of the final ladder... Crowley immediately closed the distance between them to help Aziraphale with the harness even before he removed his own. Before Aziraphale had time to process what was happening, Crowley's hands were already on the clasp at the front. It's all right, Crowley. I think I can manage. Crowley's hands stilled, but he remained close looking Aziraphale right in the eyes. Please, let me help you. Crowley's voice was low and sincere, eliciting a shiver that skittered down Aziraphale's spine. He was standing so close that Aziraphale could hear his deep, rhythmic breathing, quickened slightly by the exertion of climbing down the tower. Aziraphale was glad that he had the same excuse to justify his own heavy breathing as he licked his lips and nodded to encourage Crowley to continue. Crowley carefully unclasped the front of the harness and then pushed the straps over Aziraphale's shoulders, his palms grazing across his chest as he did so. 
Aziraphale closed his eyes and sucked in a deep breath, while Crowley circled around his back extraordinarily close and pulled the harness away, his warm breath tickling the nape of Aziraphale's neck. Thank you, Aziraphale croaked, tugging at his waistcoat to straighten it. Crowley hung the harness back up on the peg, his own joining it soon after. Well, if you ever need to see another nice, long, well-lubricated shaft, you know where to find me. Crowley winked, and Aziraphale cleared his throat as it finally occurred to him what Crowley had found so funny. Presumably, his comments in the nacelle about the shaft and the lubrication had been intended to be taken in a similar way. Foul fiend! Aziraphale chided, narrowing his eyes, relieved when Crowley laughed in response. So, you've got everything you need, yeah? Aziraphale took his notebook out and opened it up. Crowley had said that he thought Aziraphale had a sense of humour, so Aziraphale was determined to prove to himself that he could make jokes too, rather than simply making Crowley laugh when he didn't actually intend to. He cleared his throat again and looked down at his notebook. Ahem. Yes, I do believe so. Very large when erect. Long, well-lubricated shaft which moves at variable speeds for optimum performance. Those were the main points, I believe. Crowley laughed again, and this time his cheeks developed a definite tint of redness. (laughs) You're brilliant, Crowley said softly, stepping close again and reaching up to adjust Aziraphale's bow tie. Aziraphale tensed, his heart beating wildly as Crowley's hand drifted across his collarbone and settled on his shoulder. It's been really nice spending time with you today. Yes, you too, he managed, glancing down at Crowley's hand. Crowley was now smoothing his thumb back and forth over Aziraphale's shoulder. It's nice to actually be alone with you. Crowley stepped even closer and there was no way that he wasn't aware of Aziraphale's heavy breathing now. He was probably close enough to even hear the sound of Aziraphale's heart beating, his blood now rushing in his ears as Crowley scrutinized him. Yes, very nice, Aziraphale responded breathily. Crowley glanced down, his gaze lingering on Aziraphale's lips. Aziraphale was trembling and starting to feel a little light-headed. He stepped back towards the ladder, reaching behind to grab hold of one of the rungs with both hands for support. I really want to kiss you, 
Crowley murmured, but maintained the distance Aziraphale had created by stepping back. Aziraphale's heart leapt into his throat. Would you like that? Or have I just completely misinterpreted things? Yes. Crowley squinted at him, and it took a moment for Aziraphale to realize that it wasn't clear which question he was answering. Yes, please, I would like that, he amended. Please kiss me, Crowley. All the air rushed out of Aziraphale's lungs as Crowley closed the distance between them, cupping Aziraphale's face gently in his hands and capturing his mouth in a tender kiss. Aziraphale sighed against his mouth and let his body go lax, leaning further back into the ladder to keep himself upright, the hard cord of the steel rope pressing into his spine. Aziraphale's hands found Crowley's waist, pulling him closer and Crowley moaned softly and deepened the kiss, moving his hands into Aziraphale's hair, eliciting tingles that spread across Aziraphale's scalp. Crowley broke the kiss and let his hands drift down to Aziraphale's waist, leaning his weight against him and breathing heavily in his ear. Is this okay, Angel? Perfect. Aziraphale moved one hand from Crowley's waist to the back of his head, threading his fingers through his hair and encouraging him to look up at him. You're perfect. You feel amazing. Please don't stop, Crowley. Crowley studied Aziraphale's face for a moment with an expression of wonder, and Aziraphale could hardly believe this was actually happening. He rocked his hips forward slightly, and Crowley let out a low growl, kissing him again feverishly as their hands roamed over each other's bodies, grasping at clothing and trying somehow to bring themselves even closer together. When they finally separated, Crowley dropped his head onto Aziraphale's shoulder and nuzzled his neck, and they held each other for a while, letting their breathing settle. When Crowley lifted his head, he studied Aziraphale's face, and Aziraphale suddenly felt self-conscious. What is it? Nothing. You're so gorgeous. I guess I'm just... I'm trying to work out what to say. You're amazing, Angel. I've been crazy about you for months. I feel the same way, Crowley. Aziraphale reached up and tenderly brushed the hair away from Crowley's forehead. Crowley smiled and leaned into his touch. To be honest, I'm trying to decide whether or not to make another shaft joke. I think we've probably had enough of those for today, don't you, my dear? 
Oh, I don't know. I have impressive stamina when it comes to shaft jokes. I could keep going all day. Crowley winked, and Aziraphale huffed with mock irritation. Oh, good lord. Hey, have you ever wondered why we play Iron Maiden inside all the wind turbines when we're doing maintenance? I can't say I have. Because they're big metal fans. Aziraphale glared, and Crowley immediately burst out laughing. Aziraphale swiped at him, and Crowley wriggled out of the way, laughing uncontrollably as Aziraphale chased him. Crowley, no! No, that is... Aziraphale's stern voice wavered as he succumbed to giggles himself. That is... <laughs> that is terrible! He continued trying to playfully hit Crowley until Crowley grabbed hold of his arm and crowded him back against the ladder, kissing him again, and Aziraphale moaned softly in response, sinking back into the warm pleasure of Crowley's kiss. You love it really, right? Crowley asked with a smirk as he pulled back. Aziraphale attempted to pout, but he had no control over the smile that spread across his face. Maybe I do. I'm stealing your erection joke, by the way. I didn't... Whatever are you talking about? Can't play innocent with me, Angel. Crowley waggled his finger. Aziraphale's brow furrowed as he looked at Crowley sceptically. Hmm, well, I suppose I'd better get back to the office and start trying to sell these turbines. The world isn't going to save itself, is it? Yeah, all right. Crowley cradled the back of Aziraphale's head and planted another soft kiss on his lips, before picking up his sunglasses and sliding them back onto his face. See you for lunch tomorrow, though. One o'clock. I'd love that. Thank you, Crowley. Aziraphale sighed and gestured towards the door. Right, well then, after you. You made a very generous offer earlier and I'd quite like to take you up on it. What did I... Crowley began, and Aziraphale pointedly let his gaze drift down the length of Crowley's body. Oh, well, okay, Angel, if that's what you want. Crowley smirked and opened the door. They stepped outside, and Crowley locked the door behind them before sauntering over to his van definitely with a little more sway in his hips than usual. He opened the driver's side door and looked back, seeing Aziraphale still standing by the wind turbine, watching him. Enjoy that, did you? Very much, thank you, Aziraphale responded politely, earning him a soft chuckle from Crowley. Happy to hear it. 
See you tomorrow, Angel. See you tomorrow, Crowley. Aziraphale smiled before finally heading for his car with one last glance upwards at the biggest wind turbine he'd ever seen. It was hard to imagine that not long ago he had been right up at the top of it and as he pictured the inner workings of the nacelle, he found himself hoping that his next experience with a well-lubricated variable speed shaft might be something quite different indeed. The End 